0: So, yeah, fuck Simon Cowell.
1: Yeah, no. Simon Cowell is uh, just a, he is actually, I believe, uh, and this is canonically true, um, he's a pile of rats in a human
0: suit. I Yeah, that, I think I, you're right. That is, is canonically it, is,
1: true. Is, was it Skaven? Is that what it's called? Skaven, yes. Yeah, Skaven. In the Warhammer verse? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: He's absolutely a worshiper of the horned god. No yeah.
1: question. Simon Cowell, worshiper of the horn god. You heard it here first, folks. Yes, indeed. You know what else you heard? What? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It, where we read, recap, and review novelizations based on video games. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. How's it going, Phil? It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's Life is good. Yeah.
0: We've wrapped up another Resident Evil
1: book. Wrapped up another Resident Evil book. Isn't that wild?
0: We are full circle, my friend. We are oh, full circle. Oh,
1: there's tea again. There's it's, the tea. It's always, it's, she, it's always right as we start recording.
0: There's It's <laughs> always yeah, we get started. She's like, Oh thank God he's gone. I need to settle down. with I need some, a, you know
1: chamomile. sleepy time tea. Some sleepy time tea, you know? Yeah. Some some lavender scents in yeah. in the tea. Some,
0: some chamomile,
1: I'd, chamomile. Chamomile. You know, I don't yeah. actually believe that any of that stuff is in any of that tea because Isn't when it, it, it's like it's like these these flowery flavors that it's like yeah it's in there there's a flavor in there it's like when people put like rose in something and like you can really taste the rose and be like no you can't Stop.
0: <laughs> they had I think it's Woodford Reserve uh, we saw a commercial for them where they were like discover over 200 flavor notes in Woodford Reserve. And I went off on a rant. I was like, fuck you, fuck you. If that's even true, which it's not, but if it is even not, it's meaningless. Then it's just chaos. There's that like you are the reason that people think wine, wine uh, uh, aficionados are full of shit. Right. For those of you listening at home who don't know, I used to work professionally in the wine industry. Yeah. And I love that shit. And uh, it's stuff like that. Over two hundred different 200 aromas and notes of flavors. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, like it's just sho- you know, by the time you Woodford get to the fifteenth one,
1: shove yeah. an orchestra in your mouth.
0: <laughs> it tastes of rosin <laughs> and uh, caramel. Uh, there are uh, four-day-old coffee grounds, and ooh, ooh. Also, five-day-old coffee grounds, not six though, which is very interesting. Go straight to seven, <laughs> and um, ass—I believe that's ass—that I'm tasting. Have you yeah, ever?
1: Have you ever mm. wondered what the rosin bag that a pitcher uses tastes like? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, we've got Nolan Ryan's rosin bag from 1984. No, it has been sitting in the vat. With
1: this yeah. wine, so if you if you order an '84, if you order an '84, <laughs> we believe Nolan Ryan had some had uh, had a, a no hitter that year. If you order an '84, right, yeah. you're gonna get yeah. some of that Nolan Ryan no hitter tastes uh,
0: <laughs> in in the t- your the taste of triumph, the taste of triumph in your mouthballs. Oh yeah, and and that's just number seventy six. <laughs> It's just such
1: uh Wood for Reserve just catching random stray strays in the beginning of this episode. Catching I'd like strays. to uh,
0: formally announce that our uh, sponsor from here on out is Uncle Nearest. So uh we're gonna be skipping past the Wood for Reserve straight to the good shit. Uh <laughs> how are you, Kevin? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a good start. I
1: found my clippers. I was able to shave. You know, I'm, I'm oh, feeling good. good.
0: Looking all looking all trimmed and yeah, and, and and manicured. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm feeling feeling good. Feeling clean. Feeling streamlined. Oh um, yeah,
0: your aerodynamics. I'm more aerodynamic now. And also, yeah.
1: once I sh- when I shave the beard down, it gets rid of all the gray hair. So um, like, there you can't really see them anymore. So I feel like two years younger.
0: They they, ble- <laughs> they blend into the white background. And
1: Solid they're... 17 months younger. <laughs>
0: right. Oh, <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm 36 all over again. 36
1: and a half. I'm feeling. <laughs> My it's good sir, you look not here. a day over 36 and eight months.
0: <laughs> ah, it's good. So that's, that's what clean living does for you.
1: That's what clean living, you know? Clean living, clean eating um there is no way that in the past 24 hours that i had goldfish uh the cracker for an entire Mm -hmm. meal i didn't have gold. i did have not had a goldfish meal in 24 hours
0: no that would that would that that would be silly it would be irresponsible uh it would not be the actions of an adult (laughs) that would not be the actions of an adult you know
1: i'm i this is off topic but i'm having trouble delineating when you're actually you when you are you an adult because I have been just flying by the seat of my pants since I was 18.
0: Like, <laughs> right. right. <laughs>
1: there's no, you like when I, when I was a kid, I thought there would be like a a, 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 firm delineation between I am childhood is over. I must put away childhood, childish things. I am, right. an, I am an adult human being now. And I am, I just turned 38 and um, I don't know, like it, it 20 years have gone by since i've been legally an adult and i don't feel that much different <laughs> like no. like up here some things I, yeah. uh, there's a lot of things i care about less
0: is that it <laughs> is true. that is i the, think i think that's the key is the i i was i, I really do. <laughs> I, I really think that's what it is it's less about the things that you can do now or, or, or anything like that. It's more about the things that you leave behind. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's not even childish things, although I mean, you could argue it, but I find that the it, it becomes, we, we were talking earlier how I, I've gotten older and I don't know in some ways if I'm maturing or dying inside, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. I do know that a big turning point for me was when I was 23, 24, and I was teaching high school English, if you can believe that. Uh, And uh, that was I remember those days. Yeah. Well, that was right before we met, actually. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I think
1: you quit. Right, right before we met, or something, or no? Yeah, well, I think you're still working right when before we met.
0: Right there at the beginning, I and was. Then still working. I
1: think you quit during was, that semester.
0: <laughs> yeah, during grad school, it was the yes. end. It was my last year. The summer came, and they paid me through the summer, and that was it. Yeah, and uh, it was, but but I think that was important time for me because, um, you know, you grow up in a more authoritarian household as I did, uh, and you are basically led to believe in, you know, adults have it under control, period. That's how this works. And it wasn't until I was twenty three or twenty four and I became a high school teacher and I started having meetings with other high school teachers and it occurred to me that they were fucking idiots. Yeah, Uh, these people who could have been my high school teacher because they were twice my age. And I start looking back on all because I was a very obedient kid for the most part, sure, uh, all the way through college. And I look back at those teachers that I had way back when and I went, oh, it, there was nothing that I was misunderstanding in their actions because I would I was the definition of giving them the benefit of the doubt. It's sure. like, well, I'm they're adults, so I'm sure they know. They know what they're, what doing. they're talking about. And uh, and then I became a teacher and I uh, and very quickly realized, oh, no, they're just fucking stupid. None of us knows. What no, we're, no, no, one knows one, no, one knows what we're doing. Yeah. Laws don't mean anything. Money is worthless. Uh, it's we all just all made up. It's all made up.
1: It's, it's all made up. It's, it's it's like it's like whose line is it anyway? You know,
0: yeah, uh, the points yeah. don't matter. <laughs> the points don't matter. And <laughs> and I think that to me is the, that's way more important. That realization is way more important than like any, uh, you know, arbitrary delineation of, am I an adult? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's the thing about it is like adulthood is basically like your entire life, uh, your entire childhood. It's like being a, at a rental store and I'm already aging myself. A video, you're, oh, at, a, you you're yeah, at a video was... rental store and the, the the adult section, the adults only section is, uh. is behind a curtain, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine imagine your picture of adulthood is this curtain that says adults only and you are living your entire life and you're you see this uh, adulthood is this curtain that's in front of you. It says adults only and you're just thinking, wow, you know, you you, once you get through that curtain, you must know your shit. You must know life, the meaning of it, all that stuff, because your parents did clearly and your teachers did. Obviously. Yep. Right. Right. And, and then one day they let you behind the curtain. And there is just it's there is no difference. No, they, you they are is like, oh, it's just it's just
0: sadder children on the other side of this. curtain. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You're so excited. And for a moment, you're thrilled to be over there. And then you go, oh, this is the same. There's just more come. That's pretty much. That's 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 being an adult. It's it's the same. There's just there's just more cum, which is great for a few years. (laughs) Which yeah, Uh, (laughs) it's great for a few years, (laughs) and then you know, and that kind of evens out too. (laughs) You get used. I hope we have younger viewers. (laughs) I I really hope hope so too. I hope we're filling their their minds with with all kinds of worldly wisdom today.
1: This, yeah, they look to us as mentors and, and, yes. and we, we'll <laughs> we, guide you. We don't know we've what we're got doing. we figure it figured out. But, All those other adults, fuck them. We don't know what we're doing, but we have a lot of experience not knowing what we're doing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what we're doing, but we'll look you in the face and tell you that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> where, where else are you going to get that? Where else are you, you going
1: to get that kind of, uh, that kind of fatherly advice, you know, <laughs>
0: that kind of terrifying honesty.
1: <laughs> it's refreshing. Really? You should be thanking
0: us. It's true. It's well, true. Send us cash. Send us cash. Non traceable bills. Ugh. Please, please. Launder them. Launder them, and please. We'll launder them again.
1: <laughs> Literally in the laundry. I don't know where it's yes, been. It, it, it's it, a it, pandemic you, out you there. No goddammit. damn it.
0: The, 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 the comfort of a hundred dollar bill that's been run through the rent cycle is just chef's kiss. Beautiful. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why we make our, ca- our
0: our cash out of cotton. Oh, absolutely. It just feels so good. Fabric softener? Yeah. On your on your green, green dollar bills. Little downy. Little downy yeah. bear wrapped up in cash. Cash.
1: <laughs> so uh chapter thirteen. Chapter thirteen. <laughs> We're reading Resident Evil Caliban Cove we're by reading, the way. We're finishing up Resident Evil Caliban Cove today. Um and we got a little sidetracked, uh but here it is. It's it's chapter 13 and we're we're sprinting to the end and uh chapter 13 they're basically just cutting across campus uh heading towards <laughs> another building. Um and everybody is is like Everybody's pretty much bummed out because Karen is; she's not doing too well. She's not;
0: her her days are numbered at this point.
1: Yeah. So they get uh, they get into one building and they 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 press a button because they solved one of the puzzles and they, it spits out a key card, uh, and it's the lighthouse access key card. And um, they're they're now like walking up a hill and the hill kind of plays into a few things involving like uh Karen's health and and all that stuff uh but they they're they're walking up a hill and they're 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 feeling bummed you know it is it is mostly internal monologue at this point between different characters about how shitty like everything is um yeah. and then uh basically they um Like, I I think at this point, Rebecca tells Karen, she's like, listen, um, this isn't good. Like, you're you're
0: you're not doing so hot. She she spends a long time like in her head going, should I be bringing up the fact that she's going to turn into a zombie in front of everybody? Or would that be insensitive? And you just want to grab like, you maybe should do the thing where she knows that she is going to die. That would be that. I think that would be the really, uh, considerate thing to do. Right. Jesus.
1: Sweet Jesus. Um, and then he. We get a basically they just they, they realize that there could be a trap and they open a door and it cuts to Karen's point of view, which I thought was a really interesting decision because of the yeah. way um, S.D. Perry writes it. It it feels almost ethereal in the way she starts describing everybody as like, yeah, their faces are wrong. <laughs>
0: everybody is pointy. (laughs) Yeah. It's a terrific section. Yeah. Where she can't focus her eyes clearly. It's really dreamy and strange. She can't like make out people's faces and she ends up saying things that make sense uh, in a way like she's she talks to them and tells them, you know, uh, that it's getting worse and yeah. that it's getting really bad, but it, the level of effort it takes for her to do it. I don't think we've ever, we've definitely never seen, um, the T virus or any of the various resident evil viruses portrayed so well, no. uh, in, in the games or, you know, in the books so far, this is only the second one, but, uh, this is just really, really, it's a, it's a, a step it's basically right up there with the, um, that first famous um, journal entry from the, the, first the itchy tasty, the itchy tasty. Yeah. This is right up there with itchy tasty in terms of like an iconic level of uh point of view yeah. for somebody that's deteriorating like this. And I'm not exactly, it really is great, great writing. It's, I, it's
1: uh, one of my favorite lines is where she says her skin was itchy, but now it feels like it's itching itself. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "That's that is an interesting way. It's like it's like all it is like one ju- big mosquito bite, and it was itchy, yeah. and now it's itching itself. Absolutely,
0: uh, like ants crawling all over her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's 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 an interesting like way that it's it's portrayed. Um, so she's fading fast, and yeah. uh, in in the meantime." Uh, everybody else had an encounter with one of the scientist zombies that is, um, um, one of the scientist zombies that uh, is working for Dr. Nick. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's not super clear what exactly happened. We actually get another recap of what happened a little bit later because Karen is so, ineffective at understanding what's going on around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Karen's gone. Karen gone. <laughs> bye bye.
1: Um, and then so we jump to the next chapter and these chapters move pretty fast.
0: Yeah. This is where it gets really fast paced. It clips along
1: and it clips along pretty quick. Um, uh, we, we get to Dr. Nick and um, he basically tells one of the other doctors, uh, Kinnison, to grab a gun. Um, and he's like, well, the gun's not loaded, but maybe you could tr- like trick them into thinking that it's loaded, uh, yeah. and go down there and try to, and say the following things to
0: them. And maybe we'll be able to trick them. Yeah. Um, he kind of programs them like a computer. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't go to great detail, but it, it hints at the idea of like him giving him pre pre prepared answers to questions that he expects that they will ask. Right. Um uh, yeah, it's fascinating. He he yeah, he treats him like a like an app, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you need do you need a zombie servant? There's an app for that. There's an app for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
1: and we jump back to Rebecca and Rebecca is basically trying to figure out why Karen is turning so fast. Um mm-hmm. and and her the way she thinks she thinks that the walk uphill might have done something to do to to amplify the virus spread because of the increased heart rate required to walk up the hill. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, like the so, blood's getting pushed through her that much faster.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, so basically, they they're underneath the lighthouse now, and they're in these this series of tunnels. And it would not be a Resident Evil without a weird maze like section.
0: I. I thought that this was a really solid moment because yeah, they, they, usually resident evil starts out, uh, with kind of a, a more Gothic rural kind of feel to it. Uh, a more natural sort of environment, a village or a a mansion. And then eventually you end up underground with lots of stainless steel and glass and, and halogenic halogenic bulbs and all that stuff. Right. Is that the right word? Jesus. Halogen. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like just bathroom lighting. <laughs> bathroom <laughs> That's how <I> lighting. <laughs> Everyone looks like shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that and this is where we're at. Finally, we get to that point. It's pretty. Uh, it it was picking up on a pattern, uh, you know. And at, I think at it at the seems the like these ca-
1: these tunnels are they're not natural. I think they're I think the tunnels that they're walking through. It seems like they're walking through water they, they say something like it's too smooth and I think they determine yeah. that they are carved out by water like erosion yeah. or something like that. Um, so they they get to this intersection of all these of all these pathways and they're supposed to be going southwest but none of them line up directly southwest. and then uh, the the doctor uh, Kinnison, who they who was sent after them, the zombie doctor, basically shows up, and has it's great because he he has like five
0: responses that he can get right right it is like playing a video game in a way where you reach the end of the dialogue tree and no matter what you try they're just gonna repeat themselves and that's exactly what happens they keep talking to this guy and
1: he kind of likes he'll like repeat himself and then um I think David notices that when he like turns away, the, the doctor turns away, like all emotion falls off of his face. And right. then he's like, he's gonna kill us. It's like a Skyrim NPC, basically. Yeah. He's gonna yeah, kill yeah. us. Rendering. <laughs> or oblivion. Let's,
0: not, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. not say
1: Skyrim, let's say oblivion.
0: Oblivion, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and he just reaches the end of uh, the things that he can say, and what is the last? Yeah, he keeps saying, "Oh, well, that that's later." Yeah, yeah. He he, it gets more threatening as we go on, right? But yeah, it's it's wild, and but and and they kind of uh you know raise an eyebrow, but they raise at this the eyebrow, point, but they also kind of believe him, like Hey, he's human. Yeah, everything's kind of fucked up down here. Let's let's leave him be. So
1: they split up. Uh, one team is going to take him, follow him back to the labs, and the other team is going to head in the direction that he said the boats were in. Um, yeah. I believe is is the way they split up. So Steve uh, is going to take Karen with the doctor back to the lab to see if they can get an antidote. Everybody else is going to go find a boat. Um, and so we cut to Steve, and Steve and Karen and the doctor are basically you know they're walking down this hallway and the doctor's moving just a little too fast for them to keep up um and and steve is is just you know really annoyed until he uh comes around a corner and kinnison has the gun on him and he's 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 threatening to shoot steve steve doesn't know that there's no bullets in this gun
0: Yeah, he's not he's not aware of that.
1: <laughs> he's not aware of this. Um, but basically he he uh Kinnison takes Karen and Steve hostage and they walk back to the laboratory. Um yeah. and then we switch scenes and it's Dr. Nick again. Um and he he oh, just a brief scene, it's him releasing the hunters.
0: Yes, Yes, we do. We do finally get the, the impression that we're finally going to meet these these nasty hunter boys. These bullies.
1: MA7s, which, yeah. um, so in the first Resident Evil, they're basically the uh, second batch of baddies that is in the mansion. After, yeah. after you've been through the mansion a few times, you're like, all right, I understand the zombies, whatever. Um, the hunters eventually break into the mansion, and they can kill you with one shot. Um, they can yeah. slice your head right off with a with a good with a good swing. Um. So so, uh, so that's what we've got coming our way. So that's point. what they've got coming their way. And and chapter fifteen. Um. Yeah, we've already bla- blasted through two chapters yeah, so it, far. It's
0: it's cruising <laughs> along.
1: It's cruising along here at the very end. Um. <clears throat> clearing my throat. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm, g- I'm going to leave all this in, by the way. I'm just going to.
0: Good, good, good. This is what the people want, my this friend. This is what the
1: people want is when your throat Raw gets. it's uncut. Gets, your throat gets that stuff in it, and you. <clears throat> take a sip it's of my the, uh, spindrift.
0: It's the T virus. Mm. We're going to try and get through this before Kevin gets all itchy, tasty on us. Before but, I get uh, itchy, tasty. Let's yeah, finish no this
1: podcast.
0: <laughs> One year later.
1: One year later um so they are walking down the tunnel rebecca john and david they're going down the tunnel the rebecca's trying to convince herself that everything is a-okay
0: everything's fine I, i feel like everybody in in this group uh from rebecca to john to david everyone has a different moment in this and the following like this around about this 30 pages where each one of them takes a turn taking the POV and blaming themselves for all the bullshit that has happened. It's all my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. David
1: does it the most. I think the Brit, Mm. Um, the British without question, the without question. Um, uh, Basically what happens next is John, David and Rebecca just, they start running and backing up going the opposite way because the hunters are barreling down on them. Um, And they, they, they kill one of them, um, but they they're quickly joined. There's like a couple others on the way. Um, yeah, yeah. And and David basically just says, "Fall back. We got to get out of here." Um,
0: yeah, they they do what you really should do in most Resident Evil games uh, is, which is just fucking run, just run, just run.
1: Save run. your bullets. Save your bullets. It's survival horror. You got to run. Um, yeah. We we jump scenes over to Doctor Nick and ah. Doctor Nick. This scene, vaguely racist.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) We get, we get. I, I, I spent a long time, um, like looking at these, 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 a few pages in this section where I'm just like, do we? We're, we're, we're just re-emphasizing one particular thing, a little too much, a little too hard, a little too much, a little too
1: hard, um. Uh, Dr. Nick keeps calling and this is this is in the book. He keeps calling Steve uh, the Hispanic uh, the Hispanic,
0: which is like which is just just a, it's a step up from from a black. Yeah, you know? it's, it's 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 a it's, it's a weird
1: way to to it's a weird like country club way to like. 1960s country club away to, to talk about somebody. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's not like we haven't been, he hasn't been given like all kinds of other characteristics. Like I really, right. the thing. He's handsome. I, I mean, he's handsome. He's, he's, a young, he's, he's super young, young. He's super young. No, I like to think that, I feel like Dr. Nick's probably my age a little older. Uh, and, and if I were being accosted by a heavily armed 21 year old, uh, Latino or not, I think the thing I would focus on is, well, this 20-year-old has got a lot of guns. <laughs> That's mostly what I would focus on. Yeah, uh, The youth would strike me a little more than that. Yeah, so um, this is
1: also one of, I feel like if this was this scene was in a movie, it would be this scene alone would give it an NC-17 rating. Um,
0: oh, yeah, this scene gets intense, yeah.
1: So, what happens is the zombie doctor brings uh Steve and Karen into the room. Thanks. And uh basically the other zombie doctor is uh, like is holding is ordered to hold Karen. And the uh, Dr. Nick points out to Steve like Karen's already gone. She's gone. Yep. Like she's she's already gone because Karen starts eating The face of the other doctor. Yeah. Who just kind of
0: lets it happen and deals with it. And
1: it's just such a grotesque scene. And he's just he tells the other doctor who's getting his face eaten to smile while it's happening. And Karen is just like crunching off his his chin and his jaw and like ripping parts off. And and Dr. Nick goes like. At one point he says the smile falters but that's because probably because the muscles have weakened
0: right right it's it's wild because we are now we are most certainly in the home stretch we are 20 30 pages from the end of this book and we have had this entire team uh, skirting by yes but uh, but it's not like a slasher movie where we're slowly picking them off one by one throughout the book, uh, we're, you know, we are at the final, like 10th of the book and we're about to hit a moment where you, you start to think to yourself, okay, well, maybe it's going to be like a kinder, gentler sort of resident evil novelization kind of thing. And yeah. And, and we're going to, you know, see them make it through. No, we are going to start seeing people drop like flies, uh, at this point onward.
1: Yeah. So one of the zombie docs is being getting his face eaten by Karen. And while Steve is distracted with with watching that happen and disgusted, Dr. Nick injects Steve with uh, the same version of the T-virus that the the scientists, the doctors have. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically we cut back um, to the, the other team fighting off the hunters. And they they managed to get through it uh, yeah. through some, you know, some good tactics and, and just unloading a lot of their bullets. <laughs>
0: right. Right. They take a few of them out. They run a lot like it's it's a yeah, they they, they but they managed to get away. They managed to get away and
1: kill all of them. And then right. um, they start um, they start going back the, down the hallway that Steve and Karen went down and. They find Steve and he delivers the news that Karen is dead. Yes. So it's uh, it's just a bummer all around. Rebecca is sad. Um,
0: And (laughs) and I and I and I will say and this might be insensitive, um, but we do in the following pages for a little while, we get a lot of people bemoaning the fact that Karen is dead. I do not believe that it's a weird thing at all for them to be concerned that Karen is dead, but it goes to it. Ex- like this is like this highly trained killer unit and, and it, it starts to feel like this is their first mission. Yeah. You know, which, you know, it's like and we've spent a lot of time talking about how Steve, for example, Steve, he's he's only he's 21, but he's gone out and he's done this this uh mission and that mission and seen people die and killed people and all that stuff and uh they, basically they take karen's death really hard uh yeah. to a point that that it actually felt a it felt a you know far be it from me to tell a person uh how they should mourn or not but i feel like I'm like okay well yeah someone someone on the team died that's you know But focus up or
1: everybody else will die. So, you know. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Pick up the pace. Pip pip, (laughs) cheerio and all that. Um, Right. So the next scene feels like it's out of Reservoir Dogs with how bang bang it, it is. So they get escorted back to the lab by Steve, who then turns around and doesn't double cross them. But. He does what he was told to do by Dr. Nick, because Steve is not Steve anymore. He's just a zombie, Um, but he's one of those special zombies that can follow orders. Um, So the turnaround
0: time on that virus is insane,
1: insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, So they. um, They follow uh, him into into the into the lab, he turns around. He has um, he has his gun on him. Uh, John, uh, who was the one that was pseudo, he was flirty with Karen and all that, t- yeah. has his gun out and points his gun at one of the other doctors. And that doctor has his gun on John. And it's kind of like that right. scene at the end of Reservoir Dogs. Um, so what it's ends up happening off. is uh, John shoots the other doctor and immediately, Steve shoots John in the lower back, and John goes down. And it's ri- it 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 seems like John's dead. Uh, yeah. All all intents and purposes, it seems like John's dead. Um. So and it's just like bang, bang, bang. And then Doctor Nick tells Steve to to go to push the other two into the airlock uh, yes. because he's going to flood it with water. And then once they're locked in the airlock, he has Steve shoot himself in the head,
0: which he does,
1: which he does without question, because that's his he's he's under the mind control or whatever of Dr. Nick.
0: Right. And I was, and I was saying to Kevin before we started the show that the way this is written, because Rebecca, obviously we've got a connection with Steve. We've got a romantic interest kind of thing. And uh, it's a particularly brutal way to go. You know, when you're mind controlled and someone tells you to kill yourself, it's a very Mr. Purple kind of thing. And uh, it's it's pretty fucked up. And the way it's written is for all of the gore and gruesome details that we've gotten up until this point, uh, basically, Rebecca is spared anything because her point of view is shielded from him shooting himself, which to me made me suspicious and like, oh, okay, he's, he's, something, something happened. We got around it somehow. Steve ain't dead. Steve is dead. Steve,
1: Steve is dead. Is ve- we just, we're, we're gonna save you any thought process here. He's very dead. Yeah,
0: um, he is very, very dead. This afternoon's broadcast brought to you by Trader Joe's Morning O's. Morning O's. You'll always disappoint your father.
1: So the the other thing that happens to be in the airlock with them is Karen's body. So Karen is right. dead. Oh yeah. Uh, Karen's dead. By the way, they shot her in the head after she ate one of the other people. Um, yeah. So that's that's all tied off. But yes, Karen's dead body is in the airlock with them. I wonder, I wonder if she has anything that I, could help I, them in this you situation.
0: Know. I don't know, Kevin, it would be it would be very deus ex machina to just introduce a random thing to save them. No. Yeah. yeah, Introduced it it in the first act. Right. Right. For it to achieve any level of grace in that. And I can't think of any thing. Anything. Well, let's just read on, you know. Um, Let's. Yeah. You know,
1: let's find out. Let's find out. um, So, yeah, they're they're basically in this airlock and and Dr. Nick is flooding it. Um, yes. he's, he's basically opening James
0: Bond style, by the James way. James Bond
1: style. He wants to flood it and then th- have them eaten by the Leviathans or something like that. Uh, yeah, from they're, a cage. they're a snack for
0: the big fish.
1: It's, it's very, it's very Goldfinger, uh, Very you know, much so. Heads, has sharks with lasers, uh, right. for, on their head, Austin Power style. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> it's a little much for the for the end here um but basically they're david and david is just like he is just a sloppy sad bastard at this moment he, oh yeah he, he can't is, do he's fucking anything up. He has given up and rebecca's like you piece of shit like what is wrong with you we got to figure something out and he's like uh, I I can't do anything, uh, Karen. My
0: team. It's my fault. And Rebecca's like, right. ah. And and by the way, while all this is happening, Doctor Nick is giving them a classic villain speech of like, "You don't understand, you short sighted human beings." I'm offering the world peace, you know, because because his idea is if we make everybody a zombie, uh, then it'll be a peaceful society because there will be no more war and all that shit uh because there be, you know it's it's nature or something i guess it it's the kind of plan that makes Thanos' seem well thought out by well comparison. thought out
1: and, and and good and wholesome com- comparatively yeah oh,
0: wholesome's the big word for it <laughs> um
1: so what happens next is uh, rebecca remembers um uh basically was it david says the word luck and uh, yeah, it all falls into place. The The mug drops to the floor. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kaiser Sose stops walking with a limp. It all right. all, comes, it all together. comes together Um <laughs> Basically, Rebecca remembers that Karen has a lucky fragmentation grenade on her. And, and it, you know, you know, one of those. As you do, um and this was set up earlier in the book that it was it was it was set up earlier in the book she has a (laughs) she has a grenade on her um i
0: I think the moral of the story here kevin is if you're going to have any item on you at any point that arbitrarily you assign some semblance of luck um Please make sure that it will also uh, explode or shoot things yeah. or otherwise cause some kind of chaos. Just, just in case. Just in case luck isn't real and it doesn't work out for you. So <laughs> we get the we get the actual
1: blast though from Doctor Nick's point of view, where yes, he's watching them like they He's watching them argue with each other and then hug. And then watching them try to, like, scramble out of the way for some reason. Like, what are they doing? They're trapped. Right. And then uh, and then the grenade blows and the door, uh, the, the hatch, <laughs> the hatch blows open and hits him. And then he gets just like, like ice water, just like covers him up. And, right. And he's dead.
0: <laughs> yeah the blast door just flattens him Wily e. coyote style <laughs> and that is a wrap on dr nick that's a wrap on dr nick bye um, dr nick bye everybody um <laughs> bye dr nick <laughs> rest in peace king
1: r.i.p king um <clears throat> So they get up. They're they're up on. They wake up. They're basically up on the beach uh, after swimming up through the cold water. And <clears throat> there's some there's some people with guns. And who would you know? It it is the uh, Stars team from the city of Philadelphia here to Aww. save the is here to save the day. The Philly Kevin's Stars brethren team. In arms. The Philly Stars team. Captain Blake he's here, um, and he is he is ready. To kill some zo- zombies, um, they
0: they wanted they they first they started by trying the uh, my guys the Pittsburgh Stars team, but they were all fucking hammered.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> um, so basically, Barry called in reinforcements. They they yeah. found out um, uh, just in the nick of time.
0: <laughs> just in the nick of time. Nick,
1: get it. Good job, Barry. Um, and. Uh, yeah, the, the Philadelphia Stars team with their, you know, proper armament and weapons have basically cleaned everything up nice and nice, nice and right. quickly
0: because yeah. they're they're armed for something that isn't just a recon mission. They're they, they're actually done.
1: armed with guns, <laughs>
0: right? And we do and we do get a pleasant surprise here in this moment. You think for uh, for a moment that Rebecca and David are the only ones that have survived this horrible but ordeal. But no, John is alive. He's made it. He made he's it. Just, he's just been shot in the kidneys. That's he's all. just been
1: shot, and he's not feeling great. But they patch him up, and he is a okay. Um, and it then takes the,
0: a minute to to make a smart-ass remark. And then uh, the and oh, you're looking up what he says. I'm gonna yeah. He has he has like it's the most 1980s action movie kind of like thing. He's like he's yeah. He's about to pass out. I think they've injected him full of morphine. And he says, you two look like something a coyote ate and shit off a cliff, he mumbled. Seriously. <laughs> John was followed into the healing blackness by the sweet sound of laughter, which is, of course, the best medicine. Laughter is so, the best medicine.
1: It, yeah, the I amount of laughter he generated with that comment healed his wound, actually.
0: Exactly, exactly. Pushed the bullet right it's out. A, it's, a, it's a good thing that uh, that Dr. Nick is so far down under the water because uh, if he had heard that joke, he's his body actually would have reinflated, uh, Judge Doom style, <laughs> Judge uh, Doom style, uh, and uh, and he would have and he would have sought his revenge, and it would have been Caliban <laughs> Cove 2 uh, all uh, over again.
1: Uh, Judge Doom uh, terrified me as a child.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, that's because you are a human being and alive. (laughs) We went to see that movie when I was a kid and I everyone has a story, I think, of being a kid and seeing a movie that unexpectedly scared the piss out of them and they cried in front of everyone in the theater. And that one was the one for me. Yeah. uh, Christopher Lloyd scared the piss out of me in that movie. He still does. He still does.
1: Yeah. 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 Who saw and that the, coming, though? For the, God's sake! And the, was it the coyotes or
0: whatever, are the foxes? Oh, uh, you mean the uh, the hyenas? The hyenas, yeah. No, it wasn't hyenas. They were uh, jackals. jackals. Jackals, jackals. Yeah, because yeah, because their hyena cousins were the ones that laughed themselves to death originally. Got it. Some- weasels. weasels, weasels, not jackals. God damn it, weasels. They were weasels. God damn it, they were weasels. <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah, and they all laughed themselves to death. Well, most of them laughed themselves. To yeah.
1: Death yeah exactly Which, god
0: that movie's good
1: I gotta that go rewatch that movie Who
0: Framed Roger Rabbit is a good movie
1: you know I it's you like know, an
0: actual I'm, legitimately good noir film
1: I you know I respond to the shave and a haircut knock a lot like Roger does like, <laughs> like if, you have no choice but to respond if if, if if somebody is just doing shave and a haircut just knocking shave and a haircut I have two bits <laughs> <laughs> two bits so quick quick side story is the we got our roof done a couple months ago and the one of the roofers was with the nail gun on the roof was going
0: no kidding
1: all day and it was driving me insane and i was like you have to
0: to finish the pattern. <laughs> oh my God. I think the closest I've ever had to that, uh, when when Emily and I first started dating and COVID had hit and there was nothing to do but sit, we were both working from home there and we were just watching season after season after season of Drag Race, because it had all been released on Hulu at that mm. point for the first time. Right. And so we're just watching Drag Race and there's a part before every um, uh, lip sync uh, uh, for your life challenge at the end of the episode where RuPaul will say the time has come and pause. And I would always go, the walrus said. At the end of it, and I, I couldn't stop after. a while. <laughs> <laughs> the time has come, the walrus said. And I feel like I, can- I think, you know, in the early budding moments of our relationship, Emily nearly dumped me at least once a day uh, for well, over. <laughs> For watching
1: while watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I
0: couldn't stop. I couldn't stop.
1: Yeah. So mostly happy ending. The only two people who died were Steve and Karen. Right. Um, And the basically the Philly Stars team brought depth charges with them to blow up to blow up the tanks of T virus stuff that that uh, Nick had hidden that he was planning on releasing. So a nice tidy cleanup. Um, unlike the yeah, Spencer yeah, Mansion, they 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 put a bow on that one.
0: Oh,
1: dude. we get an epilogue.
0: We do get a little epilogue, a very interesting epilogue, I think.
1: Yeah, it seems like some they're these these high ups at Umbrella are basically. They're concerned about the number of shit that has gone down recently because yes, the more things go down, the harder it is to cover things up.
0: <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> is, it. Is does tend to work their, that way.
1: Is basically they like yeah, but this is this is kind of annoying, isn't it? Is basically the right. vibe of it's a two-page epilogue, and everybody is just identified by their one-character trait that gets mentioned. Like there's a guy with a mustache. There's a guy that wears blue. And he's called mustache, and he's called yeah. Uh, mustache and blue is wears blue and tea is drinking tea um right and then uh we find out mr trent is basically it seems like he's a fixer for umbrella yes that like that's his day job is as a fixer he's the uh what was that george clooney movie um uh michael clayton he's the michael clayton (gasps) oh yeah he's umbrellas michael clayton but at the same time, he's playing both sides like he's still doing yeah. his day job with Umbrella being a fixer or cleaner. Um, but he's also hide, trying to hide the fact that he is leaking information out there to try to, so that people can uh, like find what's going on. Right. So. Yeah.
0: And, and he does it through riddles
1: and he does it through riddles. So, yeah, because, yeah. And, and that's yeah. the end of resident evil volume two caliban cove done done
0: in the books in the books so what do we think Uh, this might be one of my favorite books we've read on this show so far (laughs) yeah yeah i it
1: actually almost could have stood to be like 50 pages longer maybe
0: i would have loved for it to been a little longer just a
1: little bit longer um because it feels like we we go like the the end is at a breakneck speed um yeah Uh but everything is really tight like everything is set up and pays off at the end um i don't think they ever they, they never end up getting the information that they're there for uh
0: no no they just get they just get in trouble and need to get out of trouble that's basically yeah. the extent of it
1: um but they save the world uh <laughs> as a byproduct right. of that so that's we
0: we don't even get a single person killed by a zombie. No. We actually It's all it's all the ruinous man. It's all man.
1: It. It's all man. It's um I've been um I, <laughs> it's it's all it like it, it, Andrew Ryan would have had a field day with with this place. Oh uh, god, yes. Absolutely. Uh, but I was just watching Monty Anders uh uh, video on uh, on Bioshock, and I just I just have Andrew Ryan's voice in my head all the time, and it, it's any we're talking about man, is is yeah. is a zombie not owed the <laughs> the sweat of his the drool brow on his chin, the drool on his chin, <laughs> the the slack yeah. of his jaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean, that is says something. the man
1: at Umbrella. Um,
0: right. <laughs> well, it is something that that all of these kinds of we do keep running into stories about psychopathic corporations yep uh that that uh you know operate outside of the law in bizarre clandestine you know dark rooms with swirling cigarette smoke and 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 they try to ruin everything the cigarette smoking um, man basically it's true yeah they they always they always ruin everything uh and and I think it's just because uh, we we believe that we believe it. That sounds yeah, about it's right. Pretty, sure, it, it, just about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, it's up there for me. I think it's. It was. It was definitely. Uh, I would say in the upper quartile. I have to revisit my thoughts on a few other books just to to, to remember. Uh, but it's definitely up there. Um,
0: I I preferred this to uh, the Umbrella Conspiracy.
1: Me too. It's a lot yeah. tighter and makes a lot more Very sense so. than the umbrella
0: conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and it just it just proves, um, you know, it's another piece of evidence that for the most part, uh, when we let these authors play in the world, we get something that's uh, that's just generally a better quality. Yeah, uh, than than you know holding to. A pre-existing game too tight yes uh we've had exceptions to that uh one in particular but uh uh but for the most part that rule has proven pretty true
1: yeah yeah uh uh, halo the flood uh halo the flood was 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 pretty good um, absolutely in terms of of recreating the first halo game um yeah but yeah otherwise sure was good um Yes, BioShock Rapture was very good in terms of um and everything in in BioShock Rapture is pretty much in the it's in BioShock 1 and 2 through the audio logs. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's yeah, there's it it it's hit or miss, but It definitely seems to be more of a rule of thumb at this point, a year into it. I think we can say that the pixelate rule of thumb is that when an author is allowed to play in the universe rather than be strictly beholden to the universe, the quality tends to go up.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, totally agree.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, your mileage may vary uh, beyond that, but um, because I know generally speaking, generally speaking, yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll find out. I mean, we're going to read more Halo books while we do this podcast oh, yeah. uh, so and more Halo originals and things like that. So I'm sure we'll find more. Um, and it's and honestly, it's not even necessarily always true. Dead Space was uh, not based on the game. I mean, it, it's based on information from the game, but it's that not, was a
0: pretty that was a pretty heavy exception to that. Rule. That was a yeah. big
1: old outlier. Um, yeah. So, Big time. All right. Now, for our new segment, <gasps> what are you playing?
0: Ooh, I like this new segment. <laughs> it gives me something to... I, I have to, you know, it's like you, when, you're, when you're closer to 40 than you are to 30, it starts getting to a point where if you have spent any time in the games industry, there's a part of me that feels guilty if I'm just enjoying something in and of itself. It's like, how do I make work out of this? And that's very sad. It Uh, is. But but it is what it is. Uh, So I've appreciated these opportunities. Right. Um, I played two games uh, this past week or so, uh, both based on uh, pre-existing franchises. Uh, One that I am really not all that familiar with, uh, and the other that I am super familiar with, and uh, the first one was Dune Spice Wars.
1: Oh yeah, that's their their uh, real time strategy 4X game, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. It's still in early access right now. Um, it's very interesting, and I am a Civilization fanatic, so this sort of thing I'm not I'm not really huge into Dune. I really ought to watch. Uh, I watched the first movie like a thousand years ago. I don't remember much about it, and I still haven't seen the new one. I really should. You should. Um, yeah, but it, it's, uh, you know, basically the idea is you are part of a civilization on uh, this planet where you're trying to uh, mine spice and, you know, take over the place through various means uh, of, you know, walk without rhythm and uh, you won't you track the, the worm. worm and uh, all that other good stuff. And it's it's if you've played Civilization, if you've played any of those kinds of games, you know what you're getting into. exactly. You know what you're getting into here. And what's funny is that it plays like um, like Civilization, which I love. um, But like those sorts of four X's, there is still a steep learning curve for um, playing it effectively. And when you play as much civilization as I do, and that takes up so much time to play a single game of that hours and hours and hours to play a single game, I have, you know, you have to you have to ask yourself at a certain point, it's like, do I do I want to learn? Do I have the time? Uh, Right. (laughs) You know, it's like if you're looking for a new 4X that you want to invest some time into and and that kind of thing, and you like doing I, I can't help but recommend it. It's, it's pretty, um, it's, uh, right now it feels, it's not as complicated as many four X's like, right. Let's just say. Yeah. Uh, so it would be easy right now for you to barrel yourself into it and, uh, and try it out. It's interesting. It's got a unique feel to it. Yeah. Uh, so it's worth a look. Um, and the other game I played is, uh, Warhammer 40,000 DACA squadron.
1: Oh, Hey, Warhammer. This is, uh,
0: the first, the first 40k game i've ever played from the orcs point of view oh. that's exclusively from the orcs point of view it's a it's a it's a plane game it's a it's a you know dog fighting game oh can you paint this can home.
1: you paint it can you paint the the plane the planet it, paint it red and make it go faster you can
0: make it go faster <laughs> when she paints it red, it makes it go faster uh, it's it's uh it's i was hoping we were going to get uh, did you ever play crimson skies on the original xbox
1: no no
0: it's uh, kind of a kind of a uh, alternate future um not quite steampunk but a little steampunk uh game where it's like world it's it's early turn of the century era but it's still futuristic in a weird way it's kind of hard to describe but it was a lot of fun it was a real sleeper hit like anybody i know who's played crimson skies generally has nothing but good things to say about it it was a very satisfying feeling game it was a lot of fun to play it was very silly had kind of an indiana jones vibe to it um it was super fun and uh the way that it was looking it looked like we were going to get that especially because with the orcs Uh, The orcs can be very serious, but unlike many of the other armies in 40K, uh, they're one of the only ones that can and will be written as really funny and stupid. Um, One of the canon things with orcs in, in Warhammer is that their technology, their ships, all that stuff, it shouldn't work. It absolutely shouldn't work. They have no idea what they're doing it basically only works because they believe that it will work. So, uh, and that's hilarious in a, in a, in a, in a game system and a story system that is like, you know, bleak Vatican nuns with guns, yeah. you know, super God. It's so dark and gr- it's grim, dark, it's intensely yeah. grimdark. dark, but you've got this weird group of orcs that, you know, are very silly and stupid Guess at times just
1: flying on the
0: power of love. Basically, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. And uh, so I was hoping we were going to get a game that combined those two things. And it is silly. It is funny. It's not quite Crimson Skies. Oh, OK, uh, in fact, uh, it gets very samey after oh, a while. Okay. Like the after if you've played like the first four uh, stages, you've played them all. Got it. Uh, it's, One of those. it's not. I wouldn't recommend it if you've really got a big itch for 40k or or dogfighting games, and uh, and and frankly, like I said, it's it's the first orc exclusive POV game I've ever played uh, in that franchise, and that I think makes it worth a look uh, just based on that. But probably I wouldn't recommend paying a full price for it. Yeah. Uh, so what about you Kevin what have, what have you played so I've been playing
1: uh, I've been playing a few things um, so the one I've spent uh, the most time on was uh, 20 minutes till dawn uh, which oh, is yeah. is in the growing uh, growing genre um, there's been a few new names for this genre that, that vampire survivors definitely didn't start it but it's kind of popularized it um somebody uh somebody said uh they saw someone refer to it as a uh enemy hell walk up um <laughs>
0: walk oh i like that that's good that's um, real good
1: yeah um and then somebody also said uh it's it's like it's just it's an enemy horde game um but yeah, so 20 Minutes Till Dawn is a little is a more active than Vampire Survivors because it is Good. more it's more traditional twin stick where you your your WASD keys are, you know, you walk in your direction. But your mouse, uh, you actually fire your gun um, wh- by clicking your mouse and you can you choose the direction that you're firing in. So more more traditional uh in in terms of a twin stick but it plays out in a very similar way where there's there's just a chaotic horde of monsters there's upgrades there's there's these things called synergies where if you have this this power up and this power up it might grant you this third power up um kind
0: of like an evolution kind of like an
1: evolution yeah a little bit in vampire survivors um nice it's got a neat art style But, um, and it's very addictive gameplay. It's not without its drawbacks, though. Um, There's only one environment that you play in. It's kind of like this dark wooded area. Um, And you only ever see the same enemies over and over again. So there's there's just no variety in that There's not a lot of variety in the game. There's uh, like seven characters. Each of them has their own thing. there's one character who is allowed to re-roll her choices when, you get, when she gets a level up. Another has really high uh, hit points. Um, another one is like, shoots lightning every second. Uh, there's all these things where it's like on hit versus on shot um, mechanics. So when something triggers on the shot, that means it's actually like the gun firing and then there's triggers for on hit. Um so it's like you have all these upgrades and some of them are on the shot and some of them are on hit. So like one one uh, woman has okay. like every second shot regardless of whether it's a hit a lightning bolt comes down and hits the enemy. Um Okay. Some stuff like that. Um so it's got it's got a ton of promise. But uh, there's a bunch of issues with visibility in the game. Um, it's a very monochromatic game. It has uh-huh. it, the, the art style is neat, but it makes it really hard sometimes to see the enemies um, when things get really chaotic. Um, now, a uh, fan of the show, um, uh, uh, Harry from Video Games Are Bad... Um, actually has been putting together mods for the game already to help with oh, that. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's been modding the game to kind of help the visibility uh, a little bit. But that's uh, Vampire, that's uh, not Vampire Survivors, 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Um, I, I made a review of it. It's up on our Steam uh, curator nice. page for Pixel It. Um, so I personally reviewed it, and then I basically used that review as a template for, for our, our Pixel It review. Um, and Good gave it and gave it a recommended um, because it's still only it's like three bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but despite all those reservations, it's like I got ten hours out of a three dollar game, so. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, what the it, it, fuck? I'm seeing that it's it's two ninety nine, just like Vampire Survivors. Like,
0: what do you have to lose if you I don't know, man? I think if, if you got like two or three hours out of a three hour game, I'd like, say you got your money. Like,
1: I, the only reason I have so much critique is because I see uh, equal amounts of promise. Like if right. I didn't see any promise in it, I wouldn't even bother critiquing it. Where I, now, I wouldn't right. even put that much time into it. But I see the promise, and that's why I I, I have the, the criticisms. Um, is it uh, it's early access? It's early access. So a lot of this might okay. be, um, if you're listening to this into the future, a lot of this might have been fixed. You know? Sure. Um, it might be smoothed out. By smoothed then. out. Even by the time this episode airs, uh, it might have been smoothed right. out. Um, the other thing I've been playing this week, um, started playing, is Card Shark. Oh! Um, <gasps>
0: how do you like that 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 looks so much fun
1: it is such a neat little game um so card shark is uh, developed by nereal uh nereal is the developer behind reigns which uh a few years ago reigns was a huge deal basically reigns was a card game where you received a card uh a, a card was drawn from a deck and it was usually um you were playing the role of a king the card presented a situation or a question, and you could solve it one of two ways: you could swipe left or swipe right. Um, and it also had a lot of neat uh, hidden elements to the game. The uh, card shark is cool because it's 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 not about playing cards; it's about cheating at cards. That is the game right. is is learning how to cheat at cards. So you are learning all of these mini games and they kind of stack together in how to play, how to cheat and help how, how to help your partner uh in the game cheat at cards. Um so like you're the guy that you partner with the the, the compte um uh compte or I think that's the french word for count. Compte I think. Yeah, I think it's french for count um yeah. or something like that. He so there will be one scene one moment where uh, you're both playing in the game and he's dealing the cards and he is dealing in a way where you can see what he's dealing to the other person. Um, and then uh, what you learn is how to hold your hand, how your character needs to hold his hand. So it's like if uh, it's something like if three fingers are up, the suit that he has the most of, um is the the suit that he has the most of is hearts uh or spades Uh, it's like two two fingers spades one finger it's like uh clubs and no fingers up it's diamonds or something like that and then there's also it also teaches you like to communicate through how you're you put your cards down so if you throw your cards forward. The guy's high card is a jack. If you lay your cards down, it's a queen. Um, If you like drop them from a distance, it's a king. It's like, it's really fascinating. All these little mechanics that are thought up and, and, and put into play. Um,
0: It's truly not about playing cards. No, it's literally
1: about magic tricks and cheating at cards like that
0: is fantastic it
1: teaches you like the term uh in jogging which is like if you're trying to like uh uh makes like oh give me like what's what's your card all right put it back on the top of the deck and it it's like this is how you mark within the deck where the card that they put back on the top of the deck is while you shuffle it and it's it's Uh... it's it's such a cool game um I I really like it so far. I've only put in, like, an hour because it is actually, like, mentally exhausting to play because it's one of those things with a lot of... Since there's so many mini-games that you play and there's little rules that you have to remember for them, it's like you... It's not like 20 Minutes Till Dawn or Vampire Survivors where I can mostly turn my brain off and play it. Card Shark is, like, the ultimate focus game (laughs) right it sounds it and there's a difficulty of card shark that has permadeath um
0: (laughs) oh okay great
1: (laughs) which uh there's a little meter um where if you're if you mess up like that it's like a suspicion meter and if the suspicion meter fills up then i only assume i it hasn't happened to me yet i only assume you you'll get shot at some point (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean that is how that is how uh card shark in real life is played yes. too. Uh, so yeah. It makes sense.
1: <laughs> um, oh, that's
0: great. I I I was looking at that earlier. I've, I have I think I'm sold. I really need to pick that one up. Yes. That looks like it, yeah. it's fascinating. It's uh, uh, such a good studio.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: really neat stuff. Um but yeah, that's what I'm playing this week. Sweet. And uh, everyone who's listening, you should check out our Steam group, uh, Pixelit Pod. We are gonna be curating uh, all the games we cover in here mm-hmm. and you can get some discussions going. We'll talk about the uh, books we're reading and upcoming books and yeah. check us out. Check us out, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, check out
1: uh, check us out on Twitter at Pixelit Pod or on Instagram, at Instagram. Instagram, Instagram, Instagram dark. <laughs> Instagram, Instagram at Pixelit Pod. <laughs> Uh, we have new stuff up there just about every day for you to to lay your eyeballs on, um, and if you can uh, give us a five star review on Apple and Spotify, they both they both allow reviews, and uh, five stars would really help us out. Uh, but what would really really help us out is telling your friends about us. Uh, podcasts Thanks. really only spread through word of mouth, so if you can uh, do us do us a a favor and, and spread the word about Pixelit. Anyway, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for listening and have a good evening.
0: Bye.